Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I'm Lynn Pryor, and with me is Chris Johnson. And joining Chris and I today is a good friend of Bible Studies for Life, and that is G.B. Howell. G.B., thank you for taking the time to meet with Chris and me. Hey, Lynn, it's my pleasure. I am delighted to get to visit with you today. You can now, tell, them, tell these folks a little bit about what you do at Lifeway. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Um, I've been at Lifeway, good night, 18, 19 years. I have served uh, for the greatest part of that as editor of Biblical Illustrator Magazine. And what is that? I am so glad you asked. What a great segue, Chris Johnson. It is a magazine that provides um, background material for the serious Bible learner. It is, it is filled with articles on biblical geography and culture and history and archaeology, on sites, on warfare. Uh, we may look at Greek and Hebrew uh, word studies or a bit of theology. Hey, so I, I can't, we've been friends for a long time, and one of my favorite stories uh, is when you were working on your master's degree in archaeology, was that with uh, Midwestern? At Midwestern, yes, sir. And uh, you went on an archaeological dig. I did. I had the opportunity to do that in, uh, I think it was 06. I went to Gezer, which was a gateway city that led into Jerusalem. Got to be a part of the first season of the um, dig. It was a 10, 11-year dig that took place there. And I had a great time doing that. I was sore and hurt in places, Chris Johnson, that I've never hurt in my adult life. And so, did I mention it's? Did I mention that archaeological sites are not air conditioned? In case you're curious, <laughs> brother, not a cool breeze to be found. So t tell them about that picture that you've shown me and that you've used in in, in sermons and uh, productions that you've done uh, with the little black line running through. It's pretty uh, awesome. Dig. Yeah, we were digging. Gezer was one of the places that King Solomon came and fortified. He built a gate there. It's a major, um, massive stone, six-chamber gate. There's one at Gezer, there's one at Megiddo, and another one in North Israel at Hatzor. And so part of what the Bible says is that this property at Gezer belonged to Pharaoh. And so when Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh gave this city of Gezer to Solomon as a part of the dowry. But before he did, he burned the city to the ground, which seems terribly odd to us, but for them it was a way to say you get a clean and a blank slate. Well, we're digging right under the um, massive um, city wall that's been attributed to Solomon. And one of our um, volunteers there, Dr. Harold Mosley, he's digging and there's a black line right up under this massive stone wall. And uh, the leader of the dig, Dr. Steve Ortiz, comes around and says, that right there is the line under Solomon's construction. This is the burn layer that is described in the Old Testament. So there's one verse about that burn layer, and you were looking at that history. I was so thrilled to do that. I mean, I, my thought was, Dr. Mosley, don't move. <laughs> We're going to get a picture of this now. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, we've come out with, uh, are coming out in the fall with the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. And one of the photographs that is in there is Dr. 
um, Mosley standing next to that dark line right there at the city of Gezer, right there in the that Old Testament. Cool that story. Hey, GB, awesome. I'd like to come back at the end of this after we talked through uh, our passage in Ephesians. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the Bible you're talking about. So let's uh, don't lose that thought. Let's come back to that if we can. Sure. All right. So we are in the middle of a study. Why do I need the church? And our focus is in the book of Ephesians. All of our lessons come out of the book of Ephesians. So we're in the fourth chapter of um, Ephesians. And uh, this the title of this session is we encourage one another. So Paul has made that transition to the more practical aspects of his teaching to the church. How, how do you actually live this out? And one of the ways that we are to uh, be the church is to encourage one another. Right. So as we're in Ephesians 4, we talk about this, as Chris said, we're talking encouragement. Uh, we're going to kind of start, it, it sounds, it doesn't sound like much encouragement in it, but it's going to be setting up the stage for the other verses. As we're in verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 17 through 22, let me pick up on verse 20, because here the, the point what Paul is driving home for us is, we as believers need, we must put away sinful habits. So he said there in verse 20, but this is not how you came to know Christ, talking about the futility of the way the Gentiles lived. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is taught in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. I love that word picture he paints of taking off your former way of life. Lynn, it's a great picture that Paul gives. He has given, like you said, in the verses before that, talking about how the Gentiles had lived. He talked about things like hardness of their hearts. They became callous, promiscuity, and the practice of every kind of impurity. And I want to tell you, when Paul wrote those words to individuals, to believers who are living in Ephesus, they had seen with their own eyes these lifestyles portrayed. I mean, this was Ephesus. Ephesus was one of the major uh, cities. It was on the Caister River where it comes down. There's this marvelous, huge port city. And it, there located in Ephesus was this temple, the temple to Artemis. And I want to tell you, it's not like your local church. This, this was a major construction, a, a major edifice. The temple How of Artemis. How big was it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The Temple at Artemis was massive. Um, it, a football field is a little over an acre. This temple covered two and a quarter acres. Wow. 127 columns, each of them 60 feet tall, had this uh, huge statue of Artemis. She's standing there um, uh, fully straight, looking very noble and strong. Uh, she was known as the goddess of, uh, of the city. She was the chief goddess. Um, she was the goddess of the hunt, wild animals, and fertility. And people would come from all over the area to this massive temple. It was one of the seven wonders of the, of the ancient world. And they would come there to worship. And so when he talks about taking off this former way of life, these are people who had walked away from all of that. Now, we think about, oftentimes we easily think about church as something we do on Sunday. That, that's just not the way it was in that first century culture. For them to have this epicenter of worship, this goddess at, at Artemis, at Ephesus, this penetrated every single area of their life. Mm. To, to, to walk away from that. I mean, I've tried to think, I've tried to understand in our lives, what would I parallel that to, to walk away from that kind of pagan worship? And the only thing I can think about that 
that weaves into almost every single area of our life is electricity. We, I mean, we can't sure. imagine our lives without electricity. Think about all of the places that that touches. I mean, everything, it seems. And to walk away from that, we can't imagine. What do you mean you're living without electricity? What's wrong with your family? What do y'all do? Watch television by candlelight? Um, you know, <laughs> but, the, but, but that's, what, that's what they were doing. They were walking away from this, this worship that just permeated their culture. They talk about promiscuity and, and that hardness of their hearts. They had temple prostitutes. And because this was a fertility goddess, and they believed if they could have uh, relations with these temple prostitutes, be they male or female, that that somehow would please this goddess Artemis, and they would have larger bumper crops come harvest time. It was just twisted thinking. So Paul is saying, walk away from that former way of life, the old self that is corrupt by deceitful desires. That's exactly what he said. Sure. And, and the beauty of this and what the Christian life is, where Paul's taking says, we do, we walk away, we take off that old way of life. But you pick up in the very next verse, verse hmm. 23, he says, but to be renewed in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. So it's not like you just physically take off the old life. You're standing there. If I can use the example, you take off the clothes and just stand there naked. No, you put on Christ. You put on what he's given you. So it's more than just walking away from something. It's also walking toward something. Absolutely. And, And it's something that just as we talked about that worship, that pagan worship permeated your life. This truth in the gospel that is ours in Christ permeates our life. We are become one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and in purity of the truth. It's, it it permeates, again, using that same word, it permeates every area of our lives as Christ followers. So one of the things that we know, uh, and then one of the things that we're talking about, uh, hopefully on a continual basis on, on this uh, podcast, is the significance of, of, of a group coming together to encourage each other, to, to encourage each other in this instance, to, re- re- to be renewed, to put on the new self, uh, to be, be more like Christ uh, according to God's likeness. So uh, this is a reminder for us that this is an opportunity uh, for us to encourage those in our group. Hey, we need to come together. We need uh, to help each other find these ways to be renewed and to encourage each other to put on this new self all the time. One of the questions that's in the, in our material is who has inspired you to live a cons- to live consistent with your new life in Christ. And that, again, is the beauty of the church is I want to do what's right. But when I see the example of someone else, how they live it, mm. it encourages me and it strengthens me. And, and I, I like how, the, the, as we think about this idea of encouraging each other, what Paul's telling us to do in this section, verses 23 down through 28, of you know, speak the truth. Uh, be angry and do not sin. Do honest work. It's a the way we live shows that consistency. That way we live shows that we are living in the new self in Christ. And I do that, but by doing that, I'm an encouragement to others. 
And then you get to the next section, uh, verses 29 through 32. We're going to see this idea. We're going to carry it further that I encourage people with the words that I speak. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need. And I like this, so that it gives grace to those who hear. Let me skip me down to verse 32. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another as God also forgave you in Christ. It's interesting because that was the first Bible verse I ever learned. You know, back then it was King James, be ye kind one to another. And I remember when I was probably in first grade that that was a verse that was up on the bulletin board in our Sunday school classroom. Uh, I don't always do perfect at that, be ye kind one to another. Um, But that verse comes back and reminds me, I, I need to do that. Yeah, what a picture of encouragement encouragement we have in the church when we do that, when we're kind, when we forgive one another, just just as Christ did. I mean, we, we become like Jesus when we do that. That is such an encouragement. And that's why we need the church. And people need that. I mean, we live in a day that it's difficult, difficult to live out faith. But beyond that, just difficult, difficulty living everyday life. Church needs to be a place when we get to come together, we walk away from that encouraged in our faith all right we want to thank you for listening to this episode of uh, bible studies for life and uh, remind you that we we do this for you we want you to have the opportunity to uh, hear us uh, talk with someone like gb who can bring some uh, a different dynamic or different aspect of uh, the the teaching passage to light and gb we appreciate you doing that today Thank now, you, Chris. Yeah. And so let's kind of shift a little bit from Bible studies for life just for a moment, because at the beginning of this podcast, GB referenced a Bible that's coming out. GB, tell us about that Bible. Thanks. I'd love to. Uh, we've been working with B&H for a couple of years on a new Bible that's coming out. It's based on the art and articles that are in Biblical Illustrator magazine. It's called the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. And it is chock full of articles and images straight out of the magazine. Uh, The articles have been repurposed, um, fit in the space, uh, but also there there are almost 300 articles from Genesis to Revelation. And they're going to add some in-depth information for the serious Bible learner. It's been our great privilege to do that. We've got art, images, photographs, maps, all of that to help, uh, strengthen to emphasize the information in the articles themselves but it is there is nothing else like it being produced anywhere it's a great bible i'm humbled that we've got to be a part of it's supposed to come out in september so i hope um those september of 2020 september of 2020 yes sir. that's awesome it's around the corner it's before we know it so it's the Holy Land Illustrated Holy Bible? Holy Land Illustrated Bible, yes, sir. Okay, and I assume that's with the CSB translation as well? It is with the CSB translation. So, GB, thank you for uh, telling us about the Bible and, of course, again, about Biblical Illustrator. Uh, but we've been talking about this print magazine, which is phenomenal, but you also offer more, correct? We do. Thanks for asking that. We offer um, articles of Biblical Illustrator Magazine has been around, like I said, for 40 years. People hold on to those past issues. In the back of the magazine, every quarter, we have a list of articles that will further enhance somebody's study for each week. 
And what we've done is we've taken some of those past articles and we've put those together in a digital bundle so people can actually purchase that. Go to lifeway.com slash biblical illustrator, lifeway.com slash biblical illustrator. How is that for a shameless plug? And they can purchase those bundles. They're available um, each quarter. The article we've been talking about today, Old Self versus New Self, was a part of the study that came out in fall of 2019. But you can see it is just as applicable to our study today, uh, about a year later. And so those bundles pick up articles maybe a year old, three years old, or 30 years old. And they're going to help people understand better the text that they're studying for this week's lesson. All right. Thank you, GB, for being with us today. Thanks for the work that you do at Lifeway. Grateful for you. want to thank all of you who have listened to uh, this podcast today. Hope that as you continue to walk through this study, Why Do I Need the Church, that you find some things that will be helpful to your group as you, as you talk about how to, how to better be the church and to function together as a group in a way where you can encourage and lift each other up. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast for Bible Studies for Life Adult, and we'll hope, we hope to see you again next week.